Welcome back everyone. Today I'm going to showcase 10 requested dividend stocks through my freshly minted dividend yield theory screener tool. But before we jump into the tool and analysis for these dividend stocks, I wanted to share a brief nugget of wisdom with you. Great investing decisions can be boiled down to accurately answering two simple questions. The first is, how fast will a given company grow in the future? And the second is, how attractively valued is that company's stock today? These two seemingly simple questions in theory are anything but simple in practice. But I believe success in investing is highly correlated with how accurately you can predict these two metrics for any given stock. Average investors and Wall Street gurus alike make these predictions every day and cast their votes with real capital. Sometimes they get it right, and other times they utterly fail. These daily predictions also dictate short-term fluctuations of stock prices. And this presents an opportunity for individual investors that are willing to bet against the trend of the market if they are convinced the market is mispricing a given stock. If you're an investor and you seek out individual stocks, I believe if you devote more time to improving your ability to accurately predict future company growth and to effectively value stocks, it will improve your long-term performance. Predicting future growth for any company is a challenging task and not something I will focus on today, but I will share with you some of the ways I tackle this question at the end of the video. Today I want to focus on the second question, determining how attractively valued a given stock is. Since the dawn of the stock market, people have attempted to value stocks, and through the trials and tribulations of history, we now have a handful of popular valuation models. As dividend investors, we are more fortunate as we have a few valuation techniques that are specifically catered to our subset of the investing spectrum. The three most popular models are the discounted cash flow model, the dividend discount model, and the use of multiples. I for one am not overly fond of the discounted cash flow model or the dividend discount model because it takes a considerable amount of time to put them together, and both require you to make a handful of assumptions. Simple math tells us that making more assumptions leads to less accurate results and opens up a lot of room for error. Using multiples is much faster and simpler, but it is not specifically tailored to dividend stocks. The method I like the most instead is based on dividend yield theory, which can be considered a variation on the multiples valuation technique because it is applied using the same premise. With a multiples valuation model, we compare the current multiple for a stock to a fair value multiple to gauge how attractive valued it is. With dividend yield theory, we substitute the current dividend yield for the current multiple and the trailing dividend yield for the fair multiple, and the measure of valuation stays the same. The theory has been around since the 1960s, and we can thank investment quality trends, a newsletter publisher and asset manager for popularizing it. IQT has been successfully using dividend yield theory as its main strategy and documenting this investing concept for many decades. The theory is quite simple. It states that over time, dividend yields revert back to the mean, and it is best used when applied to quality companies that have strong business models and wide economic moats. Think mature blue chip stocks. This means that if a dividend stock currently offers a dividend yield that is higher than its trailing average, the stock is potentially undervalued, and vice versa. I like this valuation technique because it is simple to understand, fast to generate, and doesn't require making any assumptions. It's not a perfect tool, but no valuation model is. There are many sources today where we can find trailing average dividend yields. Seeking Alpha, for example, provides a 4-year average dividend yield for every dividend stock. My Schwab brokerage lists 5-year average yields. And if you use an online portfolio tracker, like the one offered by Simply Safe Dividends, they too most likely show you a trailing dividend yield. I designed my own tool to allow me to measure a historical trading dividend yield, much like the sources I just listed. But there is one major difference between my tool and Seeking Alpha and Schwab and Simply Safe Dividends. Each of the other sources generates the trailing dividend yield using only trailing data and provides a static value for the trailing average. I decided to take this theory to the next level by using a blend of the trailing and forward-looking dividend data and to show the evolution of the average dividend yield as a fluid rather than static value over time. I think it'll be a lot easier to show than explain this, 
So perfect time to segue to the dividend analysis portion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's the lead tab of my Dividend Yield Theory Screener tool, and you can see a bunch of tables and charts here, but don't worry, I'll explain everything. The table at the very top is the area where I can analyze up to 10 different stocks at a time. All I need to do is enter the ticker symbols for the stocks I would like to review in column A, and run the Google script. Let me populate the table with the first 10 stocks that were requested by you guys. We have Altria Group, ticker symbol MO, AT&T, Tyson Foods, British American Tobacco, 3M Company, VF Corporation, Intel, Paramount Global, CBS Health, and Kroger. In total, there were 26 unique stocks submitted in the comments section of my recent post, and I will run them all through the screener, but let's start with these 10 first. Okay, let me now run the Google script, and what this will do is run a 12-year dividend yield theory analysis for each stock and spit out the results in this table. While the script is running, let me go over the output table. In column B, we have the current price for the stock. In column C, we have the fair price as defined by dividend yield theory. In column D is a simple calculation to show us how much over or undervalued each stock is. This is just a straight comparison between the actual and fair price. In column E we have the current dividend yield, and the 5-year trailing average dividend yield in column F. Column G shows the average annualized return for each trading day ending approximately 1 year ago and starting approximately 7 years ago. In total, this is a 6-year period excluding the most recent 12 months, since you can't really have an annual return if you don't have 12 months of market activity. Column H shows the average annualized return only for the days when the dividend yield theory suggested the stock was undervalued. And column I shows the average annualized return only for the days when the stock appeared overvalued. And column J through M shows the 1, 3, 5, and 10 year dividend growth rates. And I can see these values either through 2022 or 2023 by changing the value of a cell on one. Since not many stocks have raised their dividends in 2023 yet, it's probably best to look at the dividend growth through 2022. Okay, now that the table is updated with all the information, I can start analyzing these 10 stocks. But before we look at the dividend yield theory charts for any of these stocks, let me tell you what I personally look for with this tool. I like to see a chart where the valuation zones are trending higher. I like to see the actual price of the stock stay relatively close to the fair value range. And in the dividend yield chart, I like to see the trailing dividend yield not change much during the last 7 years. For me, these are good indicators of a solid history of positive growth and a stock that I can effectively apply dividend yield theory for. Not all of the 26 stocks that I will look at today will have pretty charts and solid histories, but these are the stocks you wanted to see. And keep in mind, just because a given stock doesn't fit my specific criteria doesn't mean that it's a bad investment for you. I don't know what your main goal is, and therefore I don't want to pass judgment on what you consider to be a good investment. I'll give you my biased opinion from my view of seeking growth and a strong history of consistency. Alright, so let's take a look at the chosen stocks one by one. First up is Altria Group and we can see that dividend yield theory suggests it's about 10% undervalued right now. It has a pretty good dividend yield right now of 7.93%. The average daily return during our test window is pretty weak at 4.81%, but we can see that dividend yield theory would have improved this return slightly to 7.14%, and also potentially helped us to avoid a worse return. Let's pull up the dividend yield theory chart for Altria Group to see if we can get more insight. It's not the best looking chart, as we can see a downward trend for the valuation zones over the last 5 years or so. The actual price is also not favorable, as it's been trending lower for the past 6 or 7 years now. 
If we look at the historical dividend yield chart, we can see that the trailing dividend yield has trended much higher during the last seven years, from a low of about 4.2% in 2018 to slightly above 7% today. This is certainly not a good indication of consistency for the company. Altria Group has been raising its dividend for a long time now, but we can see that dividend growth slowing down in the last couple years. There's also some indication that this new 7-8% dividend yield range seems to be the new normal for the company. This isn't what I look for in a dividend stock, so the company is not appealing to me. Next up on the list is AT&T, and it looks about 14.68% overvalued right now, probably due to its dividend cut from last year. It has a pretty good dividend yield of 5.76%, but historical returns have been pretty awful. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is just 0.12%. Using dividend yield theory would have improved this return slightly to 1.15%, but that's still a pretty low return in my book. Let's pull up the dividend yield theory chart for AT&T and take a closer look. And just as I expected, we can see a downward trend and a pretty big drop around the dividend cut in 2022. So again, this is not the type of chart that I look for personally. The trailing average dividend yield has been trending higher during the last 7 years, from a low of about 5.16% in 2017 to about 6.6% today. AT&T wasn't a high dividend growth stock, with a long history of dividend increases of 2%. And of course, following the dividend cut from last year, the annual dividend has fallen quite a bit. Next on the list is Tyson Foods, and it looks about 27% undervalued. It has a pretty decent dividend yield of 3.16%, but the return history is pretty awful. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is minus 2.56%, and using dividend yield theory would have only slightly improved this return to minus 2.12%. Let's pull up the dividend yield theory chart for Tyson and get a closer look. And we have another less than favorable dividend yield theory chart. We can see the overall trend is moving downward with an annual boost from historically high dividend growth rates. The average trailing dividend yield has also increased quite a bit during the last 7 years, from a low of about 1% in 2016 and 17, to more than 2% today. Tyson did have a history of very strong dividend growth, especially between 2014 and 2020, but more recently that dividend growth has cooled off a little bit. Personally, it's not a dividend stock that I would seek out, but I'll let you make your own assumptions. Up next is British American Tobacco, that looks about 2% undervalued right now. It has a pretty strong dividend yield of 7.01%, and the historical returns are below par. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is 2.98%. Using dividend yield theory would have improved this return slightly to 4.26%. Let's pull up the dividend yield theory chart and get a closer look. And we have another chart with declining valuations during the last 7 years. The trailing average dividend yield has also climbed much higher during the last 7 years. From about 4% in 2016 and 17 to nearly 7% today, You'll have to excuse my dividend data here, as it's in US dollars, and it doesn't exactly show the proper dividend growth rates for the company. But looking at the dividend stream in US dollars is more meaningful for me since I'm a US investor. So again, BTI is another stock that I would not seek out personally, as I prefer to see more growth, and I'm not overly interested in high dividend yields. Next up on the list is 3M Company, and it looks about 35% undervalued right now. It has a pretty good dividend yield of 5.36%, but the historical performance figures are pretty awful. The average daily return during our 6-year test period is minus 10.01%, and using dividend yield theory would actually lead to a worse return of minus 10.73%. Let's pull up the dividend yield theory chart and get a closer look. And we have another chart with the valuation zones trending downward over the last 5 or 6 years or so. The trailing average dividend yield is also climbing higher, from about 2.5% 7 years ago to about 3.5% today. 3M Company has a long history of dividend growth. But during the last couple of years, that dividend growth has slowed to a crawl. It's not exactly the type of company I look for personally. Next up is VF Corporation, and it looks about 33% undervalued. It has a decent dividend yield of 4.43%, which was much better just a month ago before the dividend cut. 
the performance data for this stock is pretty awful, with the average daily return during our 6-year test window being minus 21.64%. Using dividend yield theory would have improved this return slightly, to just minus 18.66%. Let's pull up the dividend yield theory chart and get a closer look. I would say the valuation zones here are trending a little bit lower, but it's really that dividend cut that was announced recently that is making this chart look pretty awful. The share price has also fallen about 75% from its all-time high of around $100 in 2020, which is very unfavorable. The trailing dividend yield has trended higher, from about 1.8% 7 years ago, to about 3% today. And just a couple weeks ago you could have picked up this stock with a dividend yield of about 7-8%, but after VF Corporation announced the new lower dividend rate, the dividend yield has been cut in half. The company is a dividend aristocrat, and it's pretty sad to see it break its long dividend growth history. As we can see on this chart, dividend growth has been slowing down pretty drastically over the last couple years. And after the latest cut, the projection for 2023 is a 40% reduction in the annual dividend. Of course the company can still announce higher dividend rates throughout this year, and possibly maintain its dividend growth streak. But this will be a pretty wide gap to bridge. So VF Corporation is not an ideal stock for me. Up next on the list is Intel, and it looks about 45% undervalued right now. It has a pretty good dividend yield of 5.18%, but a pretty awful recent performance history. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is minus 12.22%, and using dividend yield theory would have actually made this return worse, to minus 24.01%. Let's pull up the dividend yield theory chart and take a closer look. And the chart actually looks better than the previous companies we looked at. In general, the valuation zones are trending higher, except for this little pullback in 2022. The chart also indicates that historically the stock has been mostly overvalued during the last 7 years. And that may be distorting this performance history data a little bit, since the only times dividend yield theory would have shown the stock is undervalued happened pretty recently, and of course we can see the stock prices crashed pretty dramatically during last year. Looking at the historical dividend chart, we can actually see the trailing dividend yield has trended lower, from about 3.4% in 2016, to a low of 2.5% last year. More recently, the trailing dividend yield has gone up a little bit, to 2.83% on account of the actual dividend yield climbing to all-time highs. Dividend growth for the company has been pretty consistent, with the occasional nicer bump here and there. I actually personally like Intel stock, and if you can make a good case for growth in the future, this might be a good time to invest. Up next on the list is Paramount Global, and it looks about 33.5% undervalued right now. It has a pretty good dividend yield of 4.09%, but a pretty awful recent performance history. The average daily return in our 6-year test window is minus 12.92%, Using dividend yield theory would have improved this return slightly. Let's pull up the dividend yield theory chart and take a closer look. So it's not the best looking chart, with the valuation zones trending lower. And we can see this one anomaly for the price as it shot up sharply in 2021. At the very least, dividend yield theory would have prevented us from buying on the top of this rally. The trailing average dividend yield has climbed higher during the last 7 years. From a low of just a little bit more than 1%, to about 2.7% today. Paramount Global has a pretty mixed history of dividend growth with the last dividend increase being in 2020. It's definitely not a stock that I find appealing. Up next is CVS Health that looks just slightly overvalued. It has an average dividend yield of 2.75%, and the performance data on this test actually looks a little bit more reasonable. The average daily return during the 6-year test window is 7.69%, and using dividend yield theory would have improved this return slightly to 8.71%. Let's pull up the chart and take a closer look. So again, this isn't the ideal chart that I look for with the valuation zones trending lower during the first 5 years, but we can see some signs of improvement with the last 2 years trending a little bit higher. The trailing average dividend yield has also trended much higher during the last 7 years, from about 1.5% in 2016 to about 2.8% today. CBS Health resumed dividend increases in 2022, which was a good sign, following 4 years of no dividend increases. 
It's not a stock that I have on my watch list, and dividend yield theory suggests that the stock may be a little bit overvalued right now. Up next is Kroger, that looks about 12% undervalued. It has a decent dividend yield of 2.37%, and the best performance history of these 10 stocks. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is 11.80%, and using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to 14.36%. Let's pull up the chart and take a look. And finally, we have a pretty decent looking dividend yield theory chart. With all of the valuation zones generally trending higher, the trailing average dividend yield has trended higher during the last 7 years, which is not favorable. It bottomed out at about 1.5% in 2017 and 18, and currently sits just north of 2%. Kroger has a very good and consistent history of dividend growth, and it seems to be keeping that streak going, with the 2023 annual dividend projected to be 10% over the 2022 dividend. So this is the first company out of these 10 stocks that I would actually put on my watch list. And if my assumptions about future company growth would be favorable, I would likely initiate a position in Kroger right now. Let's pull up the next 10 companies that you guys requested. First we have A.O. Smith, Air Products and Chemicals, Celanese, Comcast, Enterprise Products and Partners, Magellan Midstream Partners, Kimberly Clark, ExxonMobil, W.P. Carey, and Procter & Gamble. And let's crunch the data. Okay, the Google script is finished running and we can see the output table populated here. Let's start with A.O. Smith, that looks about half a percent undervalued right now. It has a pretty low dividend yield of just 1.77%, but pretty good performance numbers. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is 7.35%, and using dividend yield theory would have boosted this return to about 10.02%. Let's take a look at the actual dividend yield theory chart. And it's a pretty decent looking chart, with the valuation zones generally trending higher, although the last 5 years could be called kind of flat. The actual price did move away from the fair value zone, especially in this window here of 2019 to 2021. The trailing average dividend yield has been trending higher, from a low of about 1.13% in 2017 and 2018, to about 1.76% today. A.O. Smith has a good history of dividend growth, but that growth has been cooling off pretty recently. I personally like the stock, but I would like to see a little bit more consistency from the company. Up next is Air Products and Chemicals, and it looks about 6% undervalued right now, with a decent dividend yield of 2.49%. The performance history is pretty good. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is 9.9% and using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to 14.83%. Let me pull up the chart now. And we do have a pretty good looking dividend yield theory chart, with all of the valuation zones trending higher over time. And we can see the actual price has trended pretty well with the fair value zones. The trailing average dividend yield has been pretty consistent, although it's been trending lower. From about 2.68% in 2016, to about 2.35% today. The company has a good history of dividend growth, with just a couple smaller increases in 2015 and 2019. So in general, a pretty good company with a history of growth, and looking pretty attractive today. Up next is Celanese, and it also looks about 6% undervalued, with an average dividend yield of just 2.31%. The performance history is a bit lower compared to the last two stocks, with the average daily return during our 6-year test window being 3.47%. Using dividend yield theory would have boosted this return to about 8%. Let's pull up the chart and take a look. So the chart doesn't look as great as the one for air products and chemicals, but the valuation zones are still trending upwards. The trailing average dividend yield has also trended much higher, from about 1.2% in 2016 to about 2.16% today. Celanese had a pretty good history of dividend growth, but the dividend increases have cooled off during the last couple years. I would personally like to see a little bit more consistency in this chart. Up next is Comcast that looks about 25% undervalued. It also has a decent dividend yield of about 2.87%, but the performance returns are below par. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is minus 1%, 
Using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to 2.25%. Let's pull up the chart and take a closer look. The chart looks pretty decent with the valuation zones trending higher over time. The trailing dividend yield has also been pretty consistent, right around that 2% range. And the company has a pretty good history of dividend growth. So overall, a pretty good valuation report here, indicating that the company may be trading lower than it should be. Up next is Enterprise Products Partners that looks about 3% overvalued. It does have a pretty high dividend yield of 7.32% and a pretty good performance history. The average daily return during our six-year test window is 10.83%. And using dividend yield theory would have improved this return only slightly. Let's pull up the chart and take a closer look. Not the best chart, in my opinion, with all the valuation zones trending lower. And we can see that the stock has generally been undervalued based on dividend yield theory. Also not something that I like to see. The trailing average dividend yield has trended higher from about 4.9% in 2016 to about 7.5% today. The company does have a long history of dividend growth, but that growth has not been overly high. But given the attractive dividend yield, these growth rates are acceptable. It's not a stock that I would personally seek out, but I'll let you make your own assumptions. Up next is Magellan Midstream Partners, and it looks about 1% overvalued. It also has a pretty attractive dividend yield of 7.8%, and a pretty decent performance history. The average daily return during our six-year test window is 7.45%, and using dividend yield theory would have not improved this return, likely because the stock has probably been undervalued during the last seven years. Let's pull up the chart and take a look. And just as I expected, the stock has been undervalued during the last seven years based on this chart, and the valuation zones are trending lower since about 2019 or so. So not exactly what I'm looking for. The trailing dividend yield has also trended higher, from a low of about 4% in 2017 to nearly 8% today. Dividend growth has been consistent but cooling off pretty drastically during the last couple years. This is not a stock that I look for, but it appears to be about fairly valued and may be a good investment if your main objective is just dividend income. Up next is Kimberly Clark that looks about 9% undervalued. It has a pretty decent dividend yield of 3.73% and a somewhat low return history. The average daily return during our six-year test window is just 2.27%. Using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to 3.56%. Let's pull up the chart and take a closer look. It's a pretty decent chart in my opinion, with all valuation zones trending higher over time. The growth trend is not significant, but in general moving in the positive direction. The trailing average dividend yield has also been pretty consistent. It has only moved from about 3.42% in 2016 to about 3.37% today. Dividend growth has been pretty slow, but very consistent. So a very consistent stock that hasn't offered much growth during the last seven years, but does appear to be undervalued today. Up next is ExxonMobil that looks about 70% overvalued. It has a pretty good dividend yield of 3.15% and a very good performance history. The average daily return during our six-year test window is 27.05%. Using dividend yield theory would have actually led to a lower return of just 26.48%. Let's pull up the chart and take a closer look. Not the best looking chart in my opinion, with all of the valuation zones trending lower. And we can see the actual price falling from about 2016 to 2021, and then climbing sharply following the 2020 pandemic and the oil rally. The trailing average dividend yield has trended higher during the last seven years, but it's flattening out recently. It has climbed from about 2.84% in 2016 to about 5.4% today. Exxon does have a long history of dividend growth, but the growth rates have been below par for the last decade or so. Exxon is not a stock on my watch list. And based on this chart, it looks like we already missed the opportunity with this one. Up next is WP Carry that looks about 11% overvalued. It has a pretty good dividend yield of 5.06% and a pretty good performance history. The average daily return during our six-year test window is 10.12%. And using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to 11.53%. Let's pull up the chart to take a closer look. 
and it's a pretty decent chart, with the valuation zones moving slightly higher over time, and dividend yield theory accurately pointing out a couple opportune entry points. The trailing average dividend yield has been pretty consistent during the last 7 years. It has moved a little bit from about 5.7% in 2016, to a little bit more than 6% around 2019, and back down to 5.7% today. WB Carey doesn't have the best dividend growth rates, but it does offer a pretty attractive dividend yield of 5% today. I do own a position in this company today, but I will likely wait for the price to come back to the fair value range before I add more. And up next we have Procter & Gamble, that looks about 1% overvalued. It has a pretty decent dividend yield of 2.66%, and a pretty average return history. The average daily return during our 6 year test window is 7.8%, and using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to 13.02%. Let's pull up the chart and take a closer look. A pretty good looking chart in my opinion, although it looks like there weren't very many opportunities to invest in the stock recently, based on dividend yield theory. The trailing average dividend yield has been pretty consistent, although it's dropped a little bit recently. It sat above 3% from 2016 all the way to 2020, and more recently dropped to about 2.7%. Dividend growth for Procter & Gamble has cooled off quite a bit since its heyday, but the company has still been consistently offering capital appreciation. Procter & Gamble is a position in my portfolio, but I haven't added more money to it recently. Alright, let me pull up the last 6 companies that you guys requested. Pfizer, T. Rowe Price Group, Pepsi, Johnson & Johnson, Realty Income, and Home Depot. And I'm going to run through these 6 a little bit quicker. So Pfizer looks about 4% undervalued, it has a pretty good dividend yield of 3.82%, and a pretty good performance history. The average daily return during our 6 year test window is 7.36%, and using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to 9.95%. Let's pull up the dividend yield theory chart and take a closer look. So a pretty good looking chart in my opinion, with all the valuation zones trending higher over time. The trailing average dividend yield has been pretty consistent as well. Dividend growth for Pfizer has been slowing down during the last decade or so. I generally like the stock, and it does look attractively valued right now. Up next is Tiro Price Group that looks about 29% undervalued. It has a pretty good dividend yield of 4.1%, but a pretty poor performance history. The average daily return during our 6 year test window is just 0.98%. However, using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to 8.33%. Let me pull up the chart and take a closer look. Pretty good looking chart in my opinion. Except we can see a little bit of a downward trend forming here in the last 2 years, following the large price decline in 2022. It'll be interesting to see how this evolves in the future. The trailing dividend yield has climbed higher during the last 7 years. From a low of 2.3% in 2016, to a high of about 2.85% in 2020, then dipping to a low of 2.68% in 2022, and climbing higher again recently to about 2.91%. Tiro Price Group does have a strong history of dividend growth, although the most recent dividend announcement came in way below par. I like this company, and it's the biggest position in my portfolio right now. Up next is Pepsi that looks about 11.5% overvalued. It has a pretty good dividend yield of 2.62%, and a pretty strong performance history. The average daily return during our 6 year test window is 11.7%, and using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to about 13.28%. Let me pull up the chart now. So a very good looking dividend yield theory chart for Pepsi here, with all of the valuation zones trending higher over time. The company has seemed a little expensive during the last year or two, as it hasn't really been impacted by the 2022 market crash. Pepsi does have a pretty flat trailing dividend yield, hovering right around that 3% range. It also has a pretty good history of dividend growth. And of course my data here isn't reflective of the recently announced 10% dividend increase. I do own Pepsi in my portfolio, but I'm holding off on adding more to the stock as it does seem a little bit overvalued right now. Up next is Johnson & Johnson, and it looks about 6% undervalued. 
It has a pretty good dividend yield of 2.86% and a pretty average return history. The average daily return during our six-year test window is just 5.23%. Using dividend yield theory would improve this return to 7.59%. Let me pull up the chart and take a closer look. So a very strong dividend yield theory chart for Johnson & Johnson here, with all of the valuation zones trending higher. The trailing average dividend yield has actually trended lower during the last seven years, from about 3.15% in 2016 to about 2.66% today. Dividend growth has been pretty consistent in that 5-7% to range. I own a position in Johnson & Johnson in my portfolio, and I've actually been adding more to it recently. Up next is Realty Income, and it looks about 3% undervalued right now. It has a pretty good dividend yield of 4.5%, and a decent performance history. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is 6.07%, and using dividend yield theory would have improved this return to 10%. Let me pull up the chart and take a closer look. So another good-looking dividend yield theory chart, with all of the valuation zones trending higher over time. The trailing average dividend yield has also been pretty consistent during the last 7 years. Dividend growth for realty income has been slow and steady, but very consistent over time. And the last company you guys requested was Home Depot, and it looks about fairly valued right now. It has a decent dividend yield of 2.37%, and a pretty good return history. The average daily return during our 6-year test window is 11.99%, and using dividend yield theory would have improved that return to 15.47%. So let's pull up the dividend yield theory chart and take a closer look. Another great-looking chart here, with all of the valuation zones climbing much higher over the last 7 years, and the actual price trending very well around the fair value zone. The trailing average dividend yield has also been pretty consistent, sitting around 2.25%. Home Depot has an excellent history of dividend growth, with the last 10 dividend increases all being in double digits. I do own a position in Home Depot in my portfolio, and I have added more to it recently. Now that we have covered all 26 stocks and you had a chance to see my dividend yield theory tool in action, let me wrap up here with a brief discussion about future growth. I personally think trying to project how fast the company will grow in the future is very difficult, but it's also more important than valuation. Because if you can find a company that will post above average growth over an extended period of time, even if you pay a premium for the stock today, you will likely end up with pretty good long-term returns. I personally like to start my review of a business by looking at its history. Does it already have a good history of growth? And if so, how consistent has that growth been? Dividend yield theory charts can give you a sense of growth and consistency, but looking at the company's financials will paint a better picture. Seeking Alpha is my main go-to source, but really any financial website that shows detailed financials will do. I start with the income statement, and I switch the view to show year-over-year -year growth. I look at the top-line revenue growth figure, and for example here, you can see that Johnson & Johnson has for the most part grown its revenue pretty consistently, aside from a small setback in 2016. In 2019 and 2020, revenue growth was below par, but the company made up for these two below average years in 2021. Operating income follows the same general pattern, but has been a little bit less consistent. And net income seems to be all over the place. So we should switch back to absolute values to see what's going on here. 2017 looks to be the year, throwing the year-over-year -year growth out of whack. And that is due to the larger-than-normal income tax expense. Aside from this off-year, I'd say net income has also been fairly consistent. I'd say overall the financials look good because we have a general trend of growth and a pretty decent consistency during the last decade. Next, I'd like to head over to the growth data on Seeking Alpha, and we can see a pretty poor rating for the company. This is primarily due to the recent growth being below the 5-year average, and lower than the sector median. That's not ideal, but we have to keep in mind that Johnson & Johnson did have that post-pandemic pop in its financials, so perhaps that is elevating the 5-year average somewhat. If we jump over to the Profitability tab, we can see that Johnson & Johnson has a great rating of A+. Because recent results are better than 5-year averages, and generally superior compared to the sector median. And the last tab I like to see here is the Earnings Estimates tab under the Earnings menu. 
We can see that analysts are projecting slow but steady earnings growth for Johnson & Johnson over the next few years. Revenue growth is projected to be a little bit lower, but also very consistent. Overall, I'd say the company looks fairly good with projected growth in the future. It may be lower than what we have seen in the past, but nevertheless, positive growth should lead to long-term capital appreciation if we can time our entry into the stock accurately. So that's my preliminary review of future growth. If I like the company after this initial review, I'll read a few articles to see what other investors think. I'll look at the latest earnings presentation and put my thoughts together along with my valuation to make a decision of whether I want to invest in the stock. I hope you found this content beneficial.